I think that the guy should seriously be more capable as an actor than he is. <laughs> You're one of the Tom Cruise haters, just going on the record. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Tom Cruise hater that pretty much watches all of his films and I enjoy them. This is Movie Bite, a weekly show where we discuss, praise, lament, or lampoon movies, TV shows, culture, and more. Today is Wednesday, December 26, 2012. I'm your host, TJ Draper, and I'm joined by my co-host and your friend, Joseph Darnell. Hello, everybody. Hey, Joseph. How's it going? Dude, it's going great. Merry day after Thanksgiving Day. Day after Thanksgiving? Oh, I mean, uh, Christmas Day. Yes, day I've had I've had a little too much uh, eggnog. <laughs> uh, too much eggnog. Yes, it's a problem. Well, guess what <laughs> I just saw, Joseph. I just got back, like just an hour ago. I just got back from the theater. What do you What do you suppose I saw? <laughs> well, let's see. It's the day after Christmas. Um, I know. I it was it wasn't Jack Reacher. Nope, I saw Jack Reacher last week. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then. Um, I have no idea because the only other thing that's going on right now is some big musical. And I know you don't care for musicals. I don't, but I saw it. Oh, wow. So what is that movie, movie again? Les Mis. Les Mis? Or that's Le, really Les Miserables. Dumb. Or... That's, that's a really dumb name. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You, you've just <laughs> angered a whole bunch of geeks and nerds. I mean, just you, they're, they're just livid right now. Oh, okay, well, I'll, let, I'll let you handle all the uh, emails we're going to get. <laughs> They're livid, I'm telling you. It's not good. <laughs> Liz, man, well, I'm totally kidding. I actually know how to pronounce it when I don't have a, a, a chest cold. But um, yeah, that movie. <laughs> I've been really looking forward to it. Um, do you care to give us any spoilers? Tell us your first impressions? Well, my I, my first impressions are that it was good. I may be the wrong person to really talk about it because I'm not a big fan of musicals. I mean, and the the big exception of that probably is The Sound of Music. I do like The Sound of Music, but it's The Sound of Music is such a different kind of musical. The Sound of Music is uh, has at least as much drama, you know, what we would think of as regular drama as it does music. Like it's drama with music inserted. Les Mis is all music. I mean, it was a, it was a completely musical stage play that's been now that's been made into a feature film now. Um, and there are so few lines that are spoken; almost all the lines are sung. And I, I don't care for that. And yet, I found it to be pretty good. You hmm. know, and we're going to talk about it on next week's episode. So I'm not going to say too much that. about it. Hmm. I didn't realize that it had so few speaking parts. Now, speaking of things like other musicals, you wanted us to touch upon the Sound of Music TV special. When is that coming out? Um, when is that coming out? That's a good question. The, the, now this. <laughs> It's a TV special that's going to feature Carrie Underwood as Maria, and I, I, I just words fail me. Um, it's it's sometime in 2013. Words? Yeah, uh, thought, thoughts are not failing you, but words are. That's right. I, I I just can't understand. I when I think of Maria from The Sound of Music, Carrie Underwood was not the first obvious choice that came to mind. I I don't have a specific choice in mind, but Carrie Underwood is not it. Uh, she she just doesn't strike me as able to play that role. Yeah, th- this is a huge disappointment. I don't want a TV adaptation of The Sound of Music. I, I don't need... Well, frankly, we there's nothing that can possibly compete with The Sound of Music. I mean, there's a reason for why films like uh, Gone with the Wind have never been remade. 
this is just this is just no this is just dumb it really is i uh <laughs> um, i have no desire to see it I, I i will probably see it just to to for the sheer horror of the thing <laughs> um it, yeah I, it is a true horror movie exactly true exactly horror movie. <laughs> uh, all this, so the only thing I can find on the actual date, which I haven't looked up up at this point, I was so preoccupied with the fact that it was Carrie Underwood that uh, I haven't, and I can't find an actual release date. All it says is holiday 2013. Ooh, okay. It's going to be one of those movies. Uh, but I, what I don't understand is how they expected to refilm this or show this live. What do they mean by that? Yeah, I don't know either. I tried to figure that out, and that I did try to figure out, and I yeah. don't quite. In the yeah, in the story, it says Understand. that Carrie Underwood is playing Maria in sound, the Sound of Music on NBC live. And yeah, that just that is that doesn't add up. I could see if they were doing a concert with uh, you, you know songs right. from the Sound of Music, right? Like, but but when Gun- they say live, do they mean like a stage play broadcast live, or, or what do they mean? I don't get uh, it. I think I think they're confused. I think so too. I I don't I don't know. I'm confused. So anyway, that's that's what's going on there. Uh, you, we'll we'll link that in the show notes. You can read more about it. As uh, disturbing as it may be, it'll be in the show notes. And that really is all I have to say about that. Hmm. Now, now, uh, you know, one other thing that we you touched upon on the website was for this movie Pacific Rim, and the uh, voice of the artificial intelligence is, is uh, the same as the voice from one of the vi- popular video games Portal. Uh, Portal, Portal. And I, interestingly, funnily enough, I've been playing Portal a lot lately. Uh, I've known <laughs> I've known about Portal for a while, but I just never had the time or the inclination to get into it. And a, a friend of mine, a uh, big geeky friend of mine, uh, shout out to Cheyenne if you're listening, he got me into Portal. He, he had uh, our family over and he and I went up uh, to his, he, and he projected it on the screen and my wife and his wife were there too, kind of watching us play it. And we had kind of a Portal thing and we so he got me into playing portal and then i went home and found out that portal was on sale for like half off so i bought portal and portal 2 and i've just finished today earlier today uh i I had a little time over lunch and i played finished up portal it's a really fun game but what struck me about pacific rim is i'm listening uh i'm watching the pacific rim trailer and all of a sudden the computer voice comes on i said man that sounds like glados from uh from portal the the computer the artificial intelligence voice uh, and it just—it's uh, a kinda, very distinct voice, and it's it, perfect for an artificial intelligence. I, it, it just seems like uh, it, it just is the way she is personified in Pacific Rim the same as she might be in Portal. Do you think? Uh, I don't think so because in the in the trailer, I will say this: in the trailer, uh, it didn't seem like the this was really an artificial intelligence that had any malevolence or evilness, or it, it was just there. It was a, an artificial intelligence of a computer voice speaking. Whereas in Portal, GLaDOS is very much evil, trying to kill you as playing this first-person game. Right. And I didn't get any of that from the trailer. And it could be, but I, I don't think so. I think, I think that all the evilness is going to be focused on the robots. And, you know, it really does look like a pretty fun movie. Uh, so, you know, part, it, of me, part of the geek in me says that this is a good idea. And part of the geek in me says, no, it's not. What if after, you know, James Earl Jones had performed the voice of Darth Vader... He had gone on to do an audiobook version of the Bible or something. Oh, wait yeah. a minute, he did that. Oh, that's right. Okay. It was very weird, too. 
to hear Darth Vader, you know, audiobook of the Bible. I, I, I don't know. I think that with a voice like Gladys uh, of the game, it seems like, yes, you really want that voice used for something else really cool. That's the part of me and the geek in me that's kind of like, oh, yeah, let's use Gladys for everything. Can I jailbreak my phone and replace the voice of Siri with Gladys? You know? Yeah. But, the, but then the other part of me is like, no, Gladys is this character in a video game. You don't just move her over to the, the film world. So yeah, it, I, I, I will guess, say it did seem odd. But you know what? It's, it should be fun. I, I'm yeah, fine with it. But, well, Pacific Rim, to me, I'm still making fun of it because it looks like it's just a, a revisit to Power Rangers. It's just, oh. <laughs> And what is it doing with that name? It, you know, Pacific Rim doesn't describe the film. And yeah, I have heard a lot of people talking about the name Pacific Rim, and they're not quite sure what that means. And I, I don't either know what it means, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know what? I expect it to be fun. I mean, uh, <clears throat> certainly, look, it can't be any worse than Transformers, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, right? Uh, Maybe, right? Come on. <laughs> ooh, that, that's a tough call. <laughs> but it, it looks like it'll be kind of fun to me. Maybe it'll probably be your typical summer popcorn movie, you know, action robot, you know, flick. <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. I'll, I'll probably enjoy it. I'll probably give it, you know, three stars. I'm, I'm just guessing, but you know, since it's not out yet. So that, that will also be in the show notes. The show notes will be found at moviebyte.com slash MB podcast slash 24. Because Joseph, this is our 24th episode. Hey, yeah, we've turned 24. We have turned 24. Uh, hey, one thing I wanted to do, you know, a lot of podcasts have something that they do called follow-up, and we don't do that very often on Movie Bite because we tend to wrap up a topic and move on to the next one, but I did want to follow up on last week's episode where we talked about The Hobbit, and uh, the reason is because we had too many people on the podcast and I didn't get my opinion in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, one of the things I wish I had had the presence of mind to state, and I saw it stated somewhere, I can't remember where, but I saw it stated so succinctly, and it kind of wrapped up my thoughts on how I felt about The Hobbit, and that was this. The problem with The Hobbit is that Peter Jackson is the new George Lucas. There's no one to tell him no, right? I mean, and that's kind of where, where we got with George Lucas, where in the beginning, when he first did Star Wars, for instance, um, people were there to tell him no and to tell him things need to be edited out and you can't do this and maybe this is too long. So, but as we went on and we saw over the course of Lucas's career, less and less people were able to tell him no and his stuff started getting weird and bloated and, and not as good. And I think the same thing may be happening to Peter Jackson, although I will say I don't think it's as bad as what we see, what we've seen with George Lucas. But then, you know, Peter Jackson's career is young. No, now what about Jackson's career did you not care for? Uh, you mean George Lucas or, or Jackson? What, you, Jackson? What, are you, what are you asking? Well, you know, when he started out, you know, I know he did a bunch of really low-budget horror films, and nobody cares to revisit them. Going back to his childhood, he always preferred telling films like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. He loved those huge, epic action-type films. And he finally got around to it with The Lord of the Rings. Right. And he follows and up with those I guess with what I'm, King Kong. I guess what I'm saying is what I saw in The Hobbit is a lack, uh, a lack of anybody standing up to Peter Jackson and saying, your movie's too long. And that's all. I mean, and I didn't want this to be long. I just, I wish I'd, th that was what I was trying to say last week. And I didn't have the presence of mind or the wherewithal to really express that. And I thought that was so succinctly, such a succinct way of, of stating it. So that, that's all. Okay. Uh, Do you not agree? Well, I, I disagree that the film is too long. 
I, I wouldn't have wanted it longer, but my problem will be with an extended cut of the, the unexpected journey. <laughs> uh, I just, mm, I can see other things in way in, in ways that the Hobbit is a failure to Lord of the Rings, but I'm being super critical to call it a failure. Yeah. I, I think that Lucas is, oh, Lucas joined the dark side flat out. <laughs> when he made the prequels. Right, and I don't think Peter Jackson has done that, right. so I should, you're I should right. make that You're right that there is, there is a, I see a corollary. It's like he's gone turbo on us, but not quite turbo. On the, <laughs> you've gone Lucas on us. <laughs> right, right. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. But, so, yeah, and it's a valid point. I, I hope that Jackson is not going that way. Yeah. Because it right. would be easy to. I mean, this guy's got an incredible <laughs> amount of success, and I just don't... Hmm. Well, like I say, there's nobody to tell him no. Yeah. So anyway, and that's it. That's just a little bit of follow up on last week's episode on the Hobbit. Okay, I hear you. Well, we won't know for sure until next year, next Christmas. Yeah. So, so Cars gets a spinoff, Planes, and it's going to have a theatrical release. Now, originally, uh, this film was not scheduled to have a theatrical release. It was going to be direct to DVD. And uh, the news now is that it's getting a theatrical re- release. That is silly. Oh, did you see? You've seen the trailer for it, right? No, I haven't. Was there a trailer for it? I didn't there, even bother there is looking. A teaser. Yeah, there is a teaser, and it, it it harkens back to some old, very old Disney cartoons. They did some old ones with airplanes, and I feel like this is in the same vein. It's not quite Cars ish. It's more old school Disney. At least, ways that was what was implied to me in the way that the teacher was you know, delivered. Okay. Well, I have the uh, trailer here. I wish I'd thought to Google for it. I didn't even realize that one had been released. So shame on me. I'll probably post that on Movie Byte tomorrow. I will also put it in the show notes along with this news article. It just seems like they are flip-flopping back and forward on this because I saw the trailer, I think, for the theatrical release of Cars 2. And when it was in theaters, it was proclaimed as coming soon at Disney film. And why would they be showing a home entertainment release trailer in front of a Pixar, you know, theatrical release? Yeah. It seems like they're just a bit confused about what they're doing with this film. At the same time, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt because some of the same minds who were behind it were behind Wreck-It Ralph, which was great. You know, and especially when you got John Lasseter involved, I'm willing to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I agree, but I think it's going to be much more difficult to pull off a story about a bunch of planes than a bunch of video game characters. But Joseph, wouldn't you have said the same thing about Cars? No, I'm not talking about Cars 2. We'll get to Cars 2 in a minute. Wouldn't you have said the same thing about Cars? when, if, If this had happened with Cars, and Cars... Let's say it was the same exact movie, but they had decided first to go with a straight-to-DVD release, and now they're bringing it to theaters. Wouldn't you have said the same thing? I don't see what's interesting about Cars. How can they do something like that? I know that was my <laughs> thought, even even as it was. With Pixar's enormous success, my thought was, Cars? Really? Uh, that was my thought. Don't you think it's the same thing? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, I understand, uh, and I don't know. Just I, I'm with you though. <sighs> I I don't see it. I don't see what there is there. But neither would I. Why couldn't see what Why couldn't they do a war a story that incorporated the planes, the cars, and boats all together? 
I mean, why limit yourself just to the story revolving around planes? It does seem odd. Like, why can't we have car characters in it? Maybe, uh... (laughs) Think about this. In the Cars films, the, uh, the Kenyan landscape looked like the, you know, sometimes those Kenyan uh, mountainous terrains resembled the sides of old classic cars and the, and the like. So in cars, does that mean, I mean, in uh, planes, does that mean the clouds look like the silhouettes of planes everywhere you go? And depending on <laughs> what region of the world you're in, they all uh, resemble planes and mountain peaks look like planes and their propellers or something. I, I don't know. I don't it just know. means that somehow it's actually so... Uh, it's it's so ridiculously centric to one kind of machine that the whole planet itself reflects that machine. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah. Well, and you've got the same similar problems with cars. But cars, the original cars, worked very well. And the, the, I feel like now they're kind of squandering the cars franchise. Because Cars had so much potential. And it's not that I didn't like Cars 2. It's just that Cars 2 was a great disappointment Disappointment in light of Cars, the original. I was going to ask you about that because um, a Duke on the comment on your post asked, did you like Cars 2? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, <laughs> I, so you like Cars 2 less than the original. Oh, certainly. It, it just it didn't... Uh, it didn't have the same charm as Cars. It didn't have as good of a story. Uh, it it it, uh, it didn't tug at the heartstrings in the same way. Um, you know, it just wasn't everything we've learned to expect from Pixar. And I think that really uh, that combined with Brave sort of makes you worried for Pixar. And 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 I think it gives you. I think maybe that's where you're getting. I know that's where I get a little bit, even though I'm trying to remain optimistic. A little bit of the sense of foreboding about what planes might be involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is it. And and there were so many times in Cars 2, they actually uh, used planes, but they were practically like animals. Mm. They, they they just served a practical point of uh, you know getting people from point A to point B. Did they did they use planes in Cars? I mean, like yeah. did we even see them as characters? I don't remember that. They they had eyes. <laughs> they, they were. Well, that tells you how much I was paying attention. <laughs> yeah. There was that, that one time when they were in the airport and Mater in Cars 2 was trying to escape the bad guys. And, uh, the, oh, right, uh, right, right, right. The yeah, spy yeah. cars are trying to help him get onto a plane and it's very hazardous along the way. And they finally yeah, get on yeah, the plane yeah. and that was where they give him his ability to change his lightness. And, uh, but that was while he was on a plane. And the plane is assumably a character that just doesn't have any lines. Doesn't <laughs> do anything. Right, right. Well, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, like I said, it gives you a little bit of uh, worry for the direction of Pixar, but I'm willing to give a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And technically, this isn't a Pixar film; it's a uh, Disney film, Disney Toon Studios, right? Yes, and that's yeah. what really kind of surprises me. Where where are they going with this? I think because I, frankly, Toon Studios is their what Australian branch? Yes. <clears throat> frankly, I think that Disney may be working on. Uh, bringing the Pixar, everything that is associated with the Pixar brand, and trying to associate that with Disney directly, and maybe eventually, car uh, the Pixar brand would go away. I think that they will, and it, it frustrates me that they'll do that because Pixar's brand 
as far as I think this generation is concerned, is far more. Uh, there's, you want to be loyal to Pixar, <laughs> you know. Right. Disney but, craves loyalty, but they don't seem to deserve it. Not anymore. But what um, I have decided for myself. I mean, I was a little annoyed, and I still am annoyed with the. Uh, is it disenfranchising? You might say certainly disenfranchisement in my mind of Pixar, especially yeah. with Wreck It Ralph. But I have decided that what I'm going to do is watch for the talent, like I do usually with other movies and like I do in other mediums. I, you know, webs- most websites that I read regularly, I don't read the website for the website. I read it for the people involved. And if it's a bigger website with multiple people, I tend to get the people that I follow on that website. And if they go somewhere else, I follow them. And so I've decided to do the same thing with Pixar. I'm looking at the talent and going, okay, John Lasseter is doing this over here. Let's see what that is. You, you well, know? That's a very good idea. I respect that point of view. So that's that's kind of what the, the approach that I'm taking with that. So okay. anyway, that's I, think, valid. I think we're about ready to get into the main topic. Yes, uh, Jack Reacher. Yeah, so I, I thought Jack Reacher was fun. You didn't think it was as fun, but then you wrote well, our official uh, review. I did a what review? Our official review on Movie Bite. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said artificial. Artificial. Like, what, okay, what is sure. An artificial well, review. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> if that's what you heard, then that's what we'll go with. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I gave it a real review, and uh, <coughs> yeah, my my opinion is this: uh, Jack Reacher's just not quite right. So. Yeah, and I think you were a little bit too critical of it, but you know, we'll we'll get to that. Um, and you uh, posted your review on Christmas Eve. You you were working on Christmas Eve. You I'm were much dedicated. much more dedicated than I am. I I wanted nothing to do with Movie Bite over the Christmas holidays. I've been traveling. I'm away from home even now, and uh, just you know I'm making time for the family. And you are such a workaholic that uh, you couldn't stay away. You had to <laughs> dive in there and 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 for just for our audience's sake, you have. Full control on that CMS. You could do whatever you want. You could delete the whole site. So you can log right into the CMS and do whatever you want. And you decided to log in and write this review. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I have full control. Yes. So, Jack Reacher, you wrote the review. Tell us a little bit about why you think this film uh, is is a little bit of a downer. Uh, Well, the film should have been more like the source material. Um, Now, I'm not saying that it could not have been a bit more original to the source material, but it did. It went that route, and a lot of movies do this. They think that they're so much better. Hollywood thinks, no, we know what works for cinema, so we're going to do what's tried and true. You know, everybody likes Tom Cruise. Uh, Everybody enjoys Mission Impossible. So why don't we make this character a bit more like Ethan Hunt of Mission Impossible? And I didn't want that. Mm. And I think that ultimately that the the film reflects the weakening of the of the source material when you replace that central character by a, a character of of a different sort. I mean. What if The Hobbit had been told where Bilbo had been reinvented and Bilbo liked carrying a sword and he wanted to go out on a mission and he was very talkative with the dwarves? And, you know, what if they just said, eh, you know, Bilbo from the the novel of uh, The Hobbit is a snoozer, so we need to change him. We need to shake him up a little bit. We're going to give him a new personality. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we would have liked that very much. No, absolutely. And I think that the film did this 
to uh, the character that is Jack Reacher. And uh, so that that's my biggest beef. Um, and then the story has its moments in this particular film. Uh, I, I found some very cool characteristics in isolation. But this film is not as good as the sum of its parts. It's uh, individual moments, great. The sum of its parts, not as good as the individual parts. Hmm. So um, I just yeah, I felt like some of the things came off as lukewarm, uninteresting. A cumbersome investigation goes on throughout most of the story, and it was hard to follow. And then the villain is he takes a back seat for the majority of the story. Yeah. No, I, I I'm with you. Um, you one of your uh, subheadings in uh, the review, if I may read from your review, cracks in the foundation is the subheading. And in the first Reacher not in the first of the Reacher novels, Killing Floor, it is revealed that he has a love for music, especially blues. It was this affinity for blues that inspired Reacher to get off the bus at the start of Killing Floor and capitu- and catapulted him into the resulting story. It is also in this novel that Reacher's internal monologue reveals Jack has a music collection in his head, which he listens to all the time. Which he listens to at will. Sorry, I'm I'm reading things that aren't there. Uh, it's details like these that make for a personable leading character. This movie misses the opportunity to make Jack a more or less originalistic person. So, there you go. Well, That's, you said it, TJ. <laughs> no, I'm reading your review. <laughs> you you agree you agree with that? You liked what that guy had to say writing that review? Yeah, I know. Real smart. Okay. So, uh, maybe we should tell our audience a little bit more about this film. Uh, When a gunman takes five lives with six shots, all evidence points to the suspect in custody. On interrogation, the suspect offers up a single note. Get Jack Reacher. So begins an extraordinary chase for the truth, pitting Jack Reacher against an unexpected enemy. With a skill for violence and a secret to keep, Reacher teamed with defense lawyer Helen Roden. Roden, is that right? Or was it Rodden? I believe it's Roden. Okay, Helen Roden, moving closer to the unseen enemy who is pulling the strings. Reacher knows that no two opponents are created equal. This one has come to the heartland from his own kind of hell, and Reacher knows that the only way to take him down is to match his ruthless and cunning, and then beat him shot for shot. I think that that was one of the worst uh, written descriptions of a movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it wasn't that great, was it? The, the official The official description is half of what you just read the other half i borrowed from another site and mixed them together okay but even that was it seems very choppy mm-hmm. i wonder if the the copywriters for this film just didn't think it was worth their <laughs> mental exercise maybe not <laughs> all right so um why don't we do it in this order uh we've already talked a little bit about what you don't like but let's go ahead and talk about the things we don't like about this film and then we can end it on a more positive note oh okay we'll, we'll shoot for it yeah you, you start teaching <laughs> Well, one of the things I think that I agree with you in in that the villain was not very well fleshed out. And uh, the villain was played by uh, Werner Herzog. I've probably completely butchered that name. Yeah, I, I found it was pronounced um, Herzog. Okay. Herzog. Well, it's German, right? He's he's German. Yeah, and Werner doesn't sound like Werner in German. It's Yeah, it's different too. Ver- Werner. No, not even. No, it's, it's doesn't work like that, that either. All right, yeah, I, I won't like try to butcher the language name. anymore. <laughs> so, but um, I I wanted there to be more. Like they they introduced him as this big bad mean guy who didn't care about anybody or anything, and uh, wanted 
people to suffer as much as he had suffered. And they, I thought it was very well, uh, like, like, I wanted to know more about this. I wanted to see more of his, uh, of his villainy. I wanted, but, but, but instead, what, what tended to happen was he just sort of laid back in the shadows and, and growled mean things while his henchmen did all the work. <laughs> yes. And, and I, I, I don't mind the henchmen. You know, every, every big bad mean villain has henchmen. But think about, you know, okay, I guess it all goes back to the Joker and, and the Dark Knight. But I can't help but making that comparison because I think that Christopher Nolan has set the bar. And yes, the Joker had henchmen, which he usually dispatched in pretty short order. But he was in there, in the mix, causing trouble. And what made the Joker so, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? He, he was so overwhelming as a, as a bad guy. Like, he was so present in that film was that he, he was invested in it. And I never got the sense that even though at the beginning they made him out to be this big bad villain, I never got the sense that the Zek, uh, which is the name of the villain in this film, was really invested. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. And, and that, I think, really disappointed me. Um, now, I have seen the actor before um, who is German. Uh, I have seen him before in a few other things. He really is a creepy dude. He he can really sell the idea that he is a murderer and just uh, strange. But I mean, he's not like that in real life, but uh, he's good at that. And then in a film like this, though, they have a couple of thugs that steal the majority of the the antagonists moments in the film. Right. And not that the thugs weren't interesting in and of themselves, but they have so little to say mm-hmm. and ultimately so little to do. When you come to the, the big bad guy, you expected more development there. You wanted to get more of him, but he's actually a very feeble man uh, from what I could tell right. who wants others to do the dirty work for him. And like- he'll just talk really creepy. I didn't understand why people were doing his bidding because because he wasn't throwing himself into the mix and he wasn't doing evil things. I wondered why were these other obviously very bad thugs having why were they under his leadership? What did he do to cow them down? Uh, and and that was never explained well. And in fact, he it, he kind of goes out with a whimper. I mean, spoiler alert, he kind of goes out with a whimper at the end of the film. So, um you know, you kind of wonder what what happened? I mean, that it's just a case of bad writing. It was. I guess. It, I guess it very much was. And I'm not going to say anything else besides these two things. I think that those were the greatest disappointments. You had a lot of key ingredients to this film that were straight up from the novelization, from what I what I've heard. Uh-huh. And then I don't know whether or not the the Zach, the bad guy, was from the novelization as like he is in the film. But for film's sake, I would have wanted them to make him more impressive and more involved. And uh, they they seem to focus a lot of their attention to changing Jack Reacher into the to fit the Tom Cruise mold. I'd rather that they had made you know Tom Cruise fit the Jack Reacher mold and had done something to make the Zek more spicy, more interesting. Yeah. Well, I think part of that may be that when you cast Tom Cruise, you're casting Tom Cruise. You're not casting someone to play the character that you want him to play. You're casting Tom Cruise. I mean, I've heard that so much, and I think to some extent it is true, although I don't hate 
Tom Cruise as much as some people do. I'm not a Tom Cruise hater. Well, I think I think that the guy should seriously uh, be more capable as an actor than he is. <laughs> so you're, a Tom, a, you're you're one of the Tom Cruise haters, just going on the record. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Tom Cruise hater that pretty much watches all of his films and I enjoy them. Minus Tom Cruise. No. Um, some of my favorite films. Uh, I, I really enjoyed films like Top Gun and the original oh, Mission well, Impossible. Well, 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 you enjoyed Top Gun? I did. And, and you and I are friends? How is this possible? Well, d- can I make up for it? Uh, Go I, ahead. I, can say I, I saw and I really liked Minority Report. Thank you. Yes, we can be friends. That's good. Okay. Minority Report, um, obviously Mission Impossible, although the first Mission Impossible still has not been topped. But I, I certainly in, enjoy many Tom Cruise films. So. Oh, and uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. I haven't really seen cool. that one. That was, the, that was one moment in recent years when Tom Cruise kind of, sort of, came across as actually trying to act and fit the role. Hmm. And, and, and in that case, I, I really appreciated that. And I think that the film was really fun. And uh, I think that Tom Cruise was right for the part of Jack Reacher. But he just didn't perform Jack Reacher. He performed Ethan Hunt in Another Life. Yeah. So. I, I don't know enough about the source material to speak definitively on that, but I, I don't doubt that you're right. So. so now what did you like? I mean, this film, like we've well, already said, I, is a fun film. I, I want to I get to a couple more of my dislikes before oh, okay. I get into my likes. I actually have a couple more, even well, though I enjoyed the film. Yeah, um, you enjoyed it so much, you've got to list more dislikes than I do. <laughs> The the car chase scene, did, did you not feel like that was way too long? Like, it, it, by the time that car, it was kind of toward the, the end of the middle of the film. Um, no, I won't, I won't say it was too long. I will say it was style over substance. Yes. It was all about style, and it had some no of the, substance to it whatsoever. Some of the things didn't even make any sense. Like, all of a sudden, you're wondering, how did that happen, and how did that car get there, and how did that one get there? Um, and, and it was just way too long. I mean, this is, this is basically the cap. Uh, the the end cap of of Act Two, and uh, and you're moving on to Act Three, but we we it just it really just went on for too long. Like by the time it was done, I was like, can we be done already? I mean, <laughs> can we just can can he get away and then we move on to the next part of the film? No, you know uh, <coughs> that movie you and I watched a few weeks ago together, uh, Just Cause. Mm-hmm. That film is not one known for its car chase scene. But when the car chase scene happens, you somewhat respect it. It's actually fairly well executed. You can kind of get into it. And though it doesn't quite fit the mold of the film, you accept it for what it is. And in and of itself, it was not more than it needed to be and nothing less than it needed to be. No, I agree. Like like I said, that's a movie you're not even expecting to have a car chase scene in. That film, many years ago, it was starring uh, Sean Connery in uh, What's the Guy That You Like? For for the uh, for those of a uh, uh, for those who don't realize where Joseph just took this conversation off into left field when he when when Joseph and I were uh, spending some time together a few weeks ago um, we sat down and watched a film called Just Cause starring Sean Connery it was a yeah pretty Sean great Connery film. and Lawrence Fishburne L- Lawrence Fishburne yes uh, both great actors uh, I really enjoyed it yeah I, I and I agree the car chase scene was just right uh, there was a little bit of uh, suspense and drama a little bit of uh, action and then it was done you know and it all made sense and was you know uh, most for the most part followable and then it was done yeah. so yes I really appreciated that car chase scene this one was in, in Jack Reacher was just way too long yeah and, but I also felt that way about several other 
sequences that they try to pull off for action in Jack Reacher. Um, I, I didn't find the hand-to-hand combat all that interesting. And uh, frankly, most of the gunfire action scenes either. The one moment that really excelled, in my opinion, for the action was when Jack is hunched down in the car and it has lots of stuff in the back seat, and he's driving this uh, small four-door sedan backwards into mm-hmm. this empty uh, quarry, and uh, he's got all the the thugs out there in the, in the uh, you know hiding behind rocks and the construction you know facility with their machine guns, bl- you know shooting you know crazy amount of artillery in, uh, into the rear of this sedan and he just keeps on coming right at him. Yeah. That, that was kind of cool. Yeah. But, and then, but that was short lived. It was, you know, and my final complaint was just, uh, it kind of dovetails with one of my likes and that there was not enough Robert Duvall. I really enjoyed it when he came into the picture and, uh, I really enjoyed the character he played and the lines that he had and his supporting role. And I, I was like, why did we wait till the third act to bring this guy into the film? But see, the thing is, I've seen Robert Duvall do better performances, and this one, I felt like he he was just passable, and I think it wasn't so much his fault, but it could have been a matter of direction, lacked, lacking some direction there. Mm-hmm. Like, he and Jack were supposed to demonstrate that they had some chemistry very quickly, because before very long, uh, uh, Robert Duvall's character is supposed to trust him being willing so much as to go into combat with him, obviously on American soil in a very unusual circumstance that's probably not safe and probably not completely legal. Oh, no. (laughs) Yet yet Robert Duvall is this character who's run a gun shop for who knows how many decades. Right. And and it was inconsistent for him to be a kind of guy to trust a guy like Jack Reacher under these circumstances so quickly. There wasn't the chemistry there. That ties into my dislike. Like, if he had been a little bit more sprinkled throughout the film, like, they could have easily moved his first sequence in the film up further into the film so that we start establishing this trusting relationship sooner. And then we would have, A, more Robert Duvall, who is a great character. I'm sorry, I don't rem- I know it's bad form. I don't remember the name of the character, so I'm calling him by the actor's name, which is bad form, so forgive me. Um, <clears throat> but so we, we would have more of this character, and then we would, uh, we would accomplish what you're talking about, which is establishing that trust better. Yeah, his name is listed on Rotten Tomatoes as simply Cash. They called him Cash. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember that. So anyway, yeah, it was kind of inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter. It's not you didn't need to know his name. What didn't matter? He, he was the owner of the gun shop. So what did you like about this film? Because you did give it three stars and that that tips the scale towards the positive side. Well, I was happy that the film was not everything I had expected it to be. And there were some unexpected twists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I didn't really mention in my review. But uh, there were several moments that I found uh, pleasantly unexpected. And, uh, for instance, the opening sequence was a well-shot, well-directed, and uh, very powerful emotionally while you see this unknown, unnamed uh, anonymous uh, hitman uh, picking off people in the park with his uh, sniper rifle from across the other side of the yeah. river. It was very emotional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very, yeah. It, it was a very powerful scene. At first, you kind of feel like you're uh, – I don't know. You find it interesting what the sniper is doing because you don't know what he's out to accomplish. 
And when he's stationing himself up with his gun, you think I was at least ways kind of thinking maybe he was a good guy and he was out there trying to peck off one of the bad guys. But then you start seeing him target these women and these businessmen and even a child and you're kind of creeped out. You suddenly realize, holy cow, this is not what I was thinking it would be. Um, very well executed for the beginning of the film. Yeah, and, and that, that kind of ties into one of the things that I liked as well, which is that I felt like the film had, had a, it was very artful. Uh, it, it had some great uh, old school cinematography. Old school. It was yes. very old school in its cinematography. It was very well executed, I thought, and, and, and very artful in the way it approached the framing of the scenes, even things I know most people won't see this or recognize it, but I'm an, I'm an editor and, I, and I'm also a videographer, so I can't help but notice it. Just the way shots were composed and some of the rack focuses from things that were in the background and things that were in the foreground and a lot of stuff that you just don't see as much anymore. And I, I felt like it was a very artfully uh, done and very well-crafted in that way. Yes, and some of the dialogue in that way, too, hearkened back to older detective mystery stories for films. Um, it even reminded me at moments of the Humphrey Bogart uh, detective stories, where, um, you know, like, uh, what was it, uh, The Maltese Falcon, where it was very dialogue-heavy, but he would get to know a leading lady and then he'd get to know the mob boss and then he'd learn about some other interesting side character in between all, all these characters and getting to know people at the police station um that detective that humphrey bogart would play would eventually come around to a very interesting little story and with lots of detail and, and sub uh just rich with detail it seemed like a novel even adapted to screen where they used a huge chunk of the novel um you know, dialogue scenes. Yeah. And, and in a way, though this film is not dialogue heavy, it does seem to harken back to that kind of storytelling. And I found that very pleasant. Yeah. I like a good old film. Mm-hmm. I, I like, I, I like I a good Humphrey Bogart film and I, I like an old mystery story type story. And I was annoyed because when I saw trailers for Jack Reacher, none of them implied that this, this was going to be that kind of story. I expected uh, die hard. You know, I expected an right. obnoxious amount of action and uh, thrills and, uh, you know, maybe a bit suspense and uh, yeah. kind of like die hard meets born identity. But it wasn't that at all. It was it was something completely other. It, it was, was a mystery story. And, and don't get me wrong. I like Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> I like to sit down and watch mindless action. And I love the first Die Hard film. But, uh, it you know, Jack Reacher kind of rises above my book. You know, and and really has some great stuff in there. Uh, you know, Die Hard. I, I would never say that the film was uh, artful. For instance, it was just action. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so, um, I, you know, you know, the the film Jack Reacher was just a lot of fun. I mean, that's just one of the things that I liked about it. It was just a lot of fun, um, as you say. Now, but it, it, again, it was kind of like it was a little bit of the suspense it was a little bit of the cinematography sometimes it would be even the locale or a side character that made this film fun but like yeah it just um hmm yeah it just at the end of the day it wasn't as good as the sum of its parts Mm, it it should have been better it should have been better yeah uh, you, you know what else i enjoyed is that um I thought it was a, you know, I know Jack Reacher's not technically a superhero, but I thought it was a great superhero origin story. 
like um when when by the time the movie was over, I wanted more Jack Reacher stories. You know, I know you say it wasn't as great as some of its parts or whatever. I wanted more. I want another Jack Reacher film. Unfortunately, we haven't mentioned this yet. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and I haven't heard this, that there's one announced. And it certainly, if there hasn't been one announced, I wouldn't expect there to be one now. Because on a budget of $60 million, this film only opened up to $15 million and has only made uh, domestically $23 million thus far. Worldwide, it's made $26 million. That's, you know, it, it, what's funny is that it is an origin story without the origin story. You know, this doesn't pick up showing him in the military as Jack Reacher in his uh, police investigator days. No, keep it's, getting it's the out other of the kind. police force. It's right. the other kind of origin story. And I do enjoy both kinds, but I, I think that the show the roots, uh, see where, you know, Superman, you know, he was three years old on the planet Krypton and he was, sent a, you know, on a spaceship yeah, on Earth or whatever. Yeah. That is so overdone. I was happy just to get enough background to figure out who Jack Reacher was and kind of throw you into it and introduce you to this character on the go. That's why I think it was a great origin story. You're here. So, any, any anything else you liked? Um, hmm. Hmm. In particular, though, uh, I don't think many people are going to bother to mention her. I really liked the uh, the side performance by the uh, the girl, uh, the one at the uh, the bar that gets oh. Jack into trouble. Alexa Fast is the uh, the name of the actress. Okay, I uh, I think they called her Claire in the movie. Yeah, I'm looking that up. So if she if she went by Claire, we'll call her Claire. I just thought that she was well performed. Sandy. Okay, Sandy. <laughs> yeah did the, uh right this film got so many details wrong she should have been called claire anyway uh yeah so so sandy was just uh well well performed i enjoyed her side character and when she died um i i was actually somewhat dis- really disappointed along with jack that she died the way she does um, right i and, mean she was definitely one of those characters that you were like don't be an idiot. Don't do that. No, why yes. are you still here? He told you to leave. It, but she was able to evoke a sense of wanting, you know, you wanted her to not die, and yet you realized she totally deserved it, but you didn't want it to happen. Because right. she should have listened, and she should have gotten out of Dodge, but she didn't. Right. Um, and, and, and on that note, though, this brings up just one other uh, dislike I have, and that is that Rosamund Pike, who plays uh, the defense attorney – who has a much more significant role throughout the entire film as Helen. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't care about her like I cared about Sandy. Mm, I did. I didn't have that problem. When, when it came to the end of the film and her life was at stake, I didn't really care. I, I mean, cause I was kind of like, eh, Jack is the only one who has to survive in this particular instance. <laughs> well, in, in your defense, and I, I, I do agree though. I, I, I thought it was a toss up as to whether, uh, Helen was going to make it through the film or not. I wasn't sure. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have not, not have been surprised had she uh, not made it. Uh, on the other hand, I, I was not surprised when Sandy didn't make it either. Uh, but I, I will say this, uh, in the same line uh, of thinking that you're going with on Alexa Fast, is I looked her up immediately after the film going, who is, I've never seen, I don't think I've seen her before. I want to know what other work she's been in and whether I should check it out or not. And I, I didn't recognize anything that she's been in but I uh, definitely will be uh, – it'll be interesting to see her in other films because I thought she, as you said, did a great job. 
So, uh, some other things that I liked, um, they weren't afraid to, uh, you know, keep it kind of real. And what I mean by that, uh, there was a very gritty sense of realism in the, you know, just in the killing of, uh, Sandy, Alexa Fast, uh, character. There was a, uh, you know, there, it wasn't, you know, trumped up or, or made to be something that it wasn't. It just was. And, and that was the same way with a lot of other things, you know, when, when things got out of hand, uh, you know, then they, the mob or these guys just decided to go. Sorry, that the mob. That was that was a <laughs> film that I didn't like from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, these guys they went and they killed people as they saw necessary, and you know it, it definitely upped the stakes of of a film of this nature. You know, uh, the you know you complained about the hand to hand combat. I actually thought that it was more realistic than a lot of hand to hand. You know, there was yeah, all hand to hand combat in films is. Uh, um, helped out by fully sound. Like, they add sound that you wouldn't hear. Like, if, if I were to walk up to you, Joseph, and punch you, you wouldn't hear that nice, you know, kind of, you know, or I, I can't yeah, make it. or but, smacking right, it, sound. Or whatever that, that sound is that they, they, they do in the movies, you don't hear that in real life uh, when somebody gets punched. Uh, and so, I, but even though they still did that in this film, I felt like it was dialed back and the realism was higher. Uh, I kind of enjoyed that myself. I know you didn't like the hand-to-hand. I kind of enjoyed it. And then, I guess, finally, the the thing that I really liked was I, I genuinely wasn't sure which of those... I knew early on that our guy had to be on the inside helping out uh, the bad guys. But I wasn't sure whether it was Helen's dad or the investigator, the, de- the detective. I wasn't sure which, I genuinely didn't know which one it was. And so it was a surprise when I found out which one it was, because I didn't know. I, I, I expected it could be either one. And they did a really and, and good at, job with that. Yeah, at the, you're right. At the same time, once it was revealed, I actually didn't care one way or the other. I found no relief that um, Helen's father, the DA, was not the, cult, uh, the, uh, the bad guy. And had he been involved as the bad guy, I would have found that more uh, sophisticated in the story because I'd have been like, oh, wow, that's pretty that's pretty high level but corruption. You, there. And, and you don't think it would have been cliched because having <sighs> the, the, detect, the detective involved was was pretty high level uh, corruption as well. I guess. I don't know, man. I just I, didn't care when it was when it was all done. I, I just kind of felt disappointed. OK, well, you know, to each his own. Yeah, I liked it. I ultimately, you gave the film three of five stars. I would have given it three and a half, leaning towards four. So, <laughs> you know, I, I enjoyed it a bit more than you did. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, TJ. I did. I, I did. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about on this film? <laughs> um, no, not really. People should check out the review on MovieBite if they want more. Uh, more or less uh, straightforward, focused thoughts <laughs> right now. I'm still coming off of this cold, and I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's hard for me to concentrate the day after th- uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, yeah. aka Thanksgiving, and um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm just not in the game. I want to go back home, curl up on my couch with a hot cocoa, and watch some—I don't know—Star Trek or something. Well, other than that, how was your Christmas? Was it good? I meant to ask you before um, it we was, got started. It was okay. I spent most of it on the couch coughing with tissues. Um, it was it was unfortunate. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it was unexpected. I got a really cool T-shirt for Christmas. My brother-in-law got it for me. 
<laughs> yes, the Superman T-shirt. What, what did it say around the the it, emblem? It, okay, it's around kind of a circle, a thick circle, so that there can be words in it. And it's it's uh, orange on top and blue on the bottom with white lettering. And Superman is in the middle of the circle. And it says on the top, truth and justice. And then the underside, it says, vote for Superman. I'll put the link to this. I posted on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes because it's just too fun not to share. So uh, vote, for, for, vote for Superman, truth and justice. Yes. Old school Superman. I like it. Yes, it's the old school comic book Superman. Yeah, I mean, I sure miss him. It's been a long time. Well, TJ, thanks a bunch. I had some fun here. And yeah. uh, we should have some more in the new year, a whole yeah. new year. Yeah, next week we'll be talking about Les Mis. We we had a guest lined up that fell through. Uh, I'll tell you, I really want to get. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I wish we could get a uh, uh, the the female of the species involved because uh, I feel like that Les Mis, as much as I enjoyed it, is really I, like my, like my wife really loved it. Like I, I I'm pretty sure she would give it six out of five stars. <laughs> well, let's try to get uh, Anne Hathaway on the show. Uh-huh, that would be nice. Uh, I, I wish I would do that in, in, a, in a heartbeat. Okay. And, and she was, she, you know, not to get too spoilery, but she was great. She was really great. Cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, I know you haven't seen it yet. You'll be seeing it tomorrow. Is that right? Yes. I'm. I'm really looking yeah, forward. I to I saw it. it with my wife this afternoon. So and uh, with uh, her mom and dad were visiting with them over Christmas, and uh, so they wanted to go see it, too. So it was a lot of fun, and it should be fun to talk about next week. So uh, it'll probably be... We'll still be come. I'll still be coming off of Christmas vacation. It'll probably be another short show, as today's is. Uh, so, you know. Anyway, where, Joseph, if people want to keep up with your work online, where may they do so? Uh, catch me at josephdarnell.com. That takes you to my Facebook profile, or Joseph Darnell on Twitter. And I'm I also have my own site, uh, jiving jackalope, but these days I'm writing as much as I can for moviebite.com. All right, and uh, I am also on Twitter. You can find me at TJ Draper Pro. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash TJ Draper, and you can find out where I do all my uh, creative work, web design, film editing, and that sort of thing at buzzingpixelcreative.com. Um, you can check out this week's show notes at moviebite.com slash mbpodcast slash 24. All the links and the things that we talked about will be in the show notes, and we hope you check them out. Hope you will take the time to rate and review our podcast in iTunes. And uh, also check out, I don't think I mentioned this last week, or if we did, I'd for, I don't remember it. You want to check out Movieology uh, is the new podcast, uh, the new kid on the block on MovieBite. It's our new podcast. It is sort of a uh, sequel to the Movieology uh, film reviews, worldview reviews that you did, Joseph, uh, previously to MovieBite. So be sure to check that out on the site. And uh, that's about it. Thank you for uh, talking about Jack Reacher with me, Joseph. It's been a pleasure. 